All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan. Welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. Our guest today is Nick Foy. Nick is the founder, CEO, and chief evangelist of Silverdale Technology, which provides access to world-class processes, systems, and change management methods, regardless of the size or budget, democratizing ERP. He has over 30 years of experience in business and technology consulting and leadership positions focusing in logistics and supply chain. So, Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lisa. It's great to be here. So share with us a little bit about your background and what led you to doing what you're doing with Silverdale. Yeah, like you said in the introduction, I normally say it's been 30 years, but I probably should increase that a little bit now. I've been saying that for a couple of years now, so it's probably time I revise that number. But my background, I started on the manufacturing line. That was my very first job, was in the manufacturing line producing video recorders. And I'm guessing some of your listeners aren't going to know what the hell I'm talking about. What the hell is a video recorder and why would you make one? That was my first job. I promptly got sacked from there after three months for being a disruptive influence on the production line. And I'm pleased to say after 30 plus years in the industry, I'm still doing exactly the same thing. Is that disrupting things? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Asking questions and pointing things out and making changes is pretty much what I do. As I say, I started on the video recorder production line. I then moved into every good Scotsman does. I ended up working at a whiskey company and worked a lot in production and logistics in that in that business for six years and then went down into third-party logistics and which was great great experience and then went found myself in consulting worked for some great clients such as kellogg's doing manufacturing and lean in manufacturing with them all over europe and eventually ended up at amazon spent five years at amazon doing some great projects there and then three and a half years ago founded my own company here at silverdale which really is about bringing together you know the 30 plus years of experience that i have and really helping companies that I've seen over the years, just like those, really get into ERPs and systems and really helping companies with process design and implementation. So can you explain what ERP actually is and why it's important for businesses? And ERP is such a horrible phrase, right? Anyone who's <laughs> not in the in, in the ERP industry doesn't call it that, right? It's a ridiculous phrase that we use internally. And when we say ERP, what it actually stands for is enterprise resource planning. Now, that doesn't mean anything either. We all know what those three words mean individually, just not in that particular order. And really what we're talking about is we're talking about a set of tools within a system that helps you to manage workflow to help give you a single view of the customer, a single view of your business, where all your data is connected, regardless of whether it's customer or product, bills and material, whatever those things might be, having it all in one place so you can make better, faster, smarter decisions. So that's really what an ERP is. And it's really designed to, if you get it right, 
replace a whole myriad of different systems that are out there, which a lot of companies are using. So when it comes to manufacturing, which is the focus of the show, what should leaders in a manufacturing company look for if they want to implement an ERP system? Yeah, so I guess if I was a manufacturer and some of the clients that we have are very much into, say, light manufacturing, but also very heavy manufacturing, what I would say is that don't look at it in isolation from a manufacturing perspective. What's happening left and right up and down of the manufacturing space? And what we mean by that is how did the manufacturing order get created? What did that in the first place? Is it a sales order? So how did that sales order get created? Did it come from CRM? So you've got to look left of that process. Then you've got to look right of that process. So once it's manufactured, what do I do with it? Do I put it into inventory? Am I managing that through lots of serial numbers? How do I ship that to customers, get it off the shelf, etc.? And then we've got to look up and down. What we mean by up and down is then looking at things like how do we control things like versioning? How do we control bills of material? How do we con- yeah, control things like PLM, the product lifecycle management? How is all that controlled? And also then the detail of the manufacturing process itself is how is how are work orders controlled on the floor? How do I get instructions to operators? How do I make things clearly and easily understood on the shop floor? And how do I control quality, maintenance, all that great stuff that goes along with that? So again, the fact that we're talking about all of those things, it's not just about that core manufacturing part of the system. There's lots of inputs, there's lots of outputs, and there's a lot of stuff up and down of that as well. So certainly as far as manufacturing is concerned, there's a lot of great standalone manufacturing systems out there. We know that. But you've got to ask yourself, does it do everything to the left and right and up and down of this process as well? If it doesn't, then you're going to have a hard time in manufacturing. So it sounds like there's probably some challenges that you've observed in the (laughs) manufacturing and in the industries that you've dealt with. So what are some of those common challenges and then how can having an ERP system address them? Yeah. So one of the One of the biggest challenges we see from our clients, and especially over the last few years with COVID and supply chain issues, is really, do I have everything on the floor ready for me to start my production process, right? That's one of the most common issues we have is even start this production run. Do I have all the raw materials I need in the place I need them? And again, that comes down to your inventory control, how you receive products, how you store products, how you pick for production, for example. Making sure that all those things are in place is now I can actually start the job and getting that visibility of here's the jobs that I can start, here's the ones I can't, that material readiness or component availability. If your system isn't giving you that kind of insight, then there's nothing worse than starting a production and then realizing a quarter of the way through you're missing a vital component and then you're having to scramble to either you've got tons of work in progress you're now taking off the line or you're having to substitute something else that may not be quite as ideal as it could be there's nothing worse than that so certainly that availability of components and making sure that inventory is showing as a, at the start of manufacturing is one of the biggest challenges that our clients have faced i would say especially so over the last few years so what do you think are the most common mistakes that you see in implementation that manufacturers make 
one of the one of the most common mistakes we see is going too complicated too quickly. We see clients with well, multi-level bills of material, okay, so subcomponents, subassemblies, etc. And we've seen clients. We had a client who we've helped kind of get out of some of that over the last couple of months, who had a eight-level bill of material. And the reality is that's just way too complicated for them to manage. All those subassemblies are part of subassembly, part of another subassembly, and the poor operator on the shop floor is just they're clicking clicking buttons on the ERP more and it's take, that's taking longer than it did to actually create the product right and that's when you know you're in trouble <laughs> when the operator is spending more time pressing buttons than they are actually making the thing then you, yeah you, you've definitely gone too too complex and too low level in your bills of material so how would they fix that if it was too if it was such a complicated process that they already have how would they yeah. backtrack and get out of that yeah, so again, it really comes down to which ERP system you're using or which manufacturing system you're using. Our system of choice is Odoo, and within Odoo manufacturing, you actually, rather than just a blunt bill of material or sub-assembly process, you also have a lot of other tools that are available to you, such as we can create different work centers to help manage that complexity. We can also create operational steps within manufacturing that can replace some of the sub-assembly process. So sometimes it's not about you know dumbing things down and don't don't get me wrong here when i say right. about getting complex too soon it's not about dumbing it down just to say let's have a single level and deal with everything offline what it comes down to is you've got to use a myriad of tools available to you in your erp to actually make the complex a lot more simple and rather than just seeing bills of material as that kind of blunt tool to fix that. There are a lot of other things in your ERP that are available to you to help fix those situations. What I would say is that this is really where using a partner like what we do here at Silverdale becomes really important for these types of companies, right? For any companies out there, trying to do this on your own is really difficult because guess what? You don't know what you don't know or you don't know how other people solve the same issue. Having a partner that you can call and say, hey, here's a problem I'm having. What do you think? And we can talk you through. Actually, we've got another client in a very similar industry or with a very similar challenge. Let us talk you through how we solved it for them and then setting up a demo and a walkthrough and, and helping the team to really understand that is really important part of what we do as a company. And how would a company know if they weren't using an ERP system, how would they even figure out that, hey, maybe this is something that I should look at or do things a different way that I'm doing? What would be some telltale signs? Yeah, so one of the very big telltale signs is a lack of visibility. So if you have a sales team who are selling the product and they don't know the status of the customer order, especially when you've got custom-made products, right? It's funny, I'm actually sitting in the car now. I've just finished another client who does 100% of what they do is custom. Every single job, every single project is completely custom. The problem they had is the customer would call in and say, hey, I'm just checking on the status of my order. The problem is that they would have to then call the customer back. Oh, I don't know where status in. I don't know material availability. I don't know what's going on in manufacturing. I don't know the schedule date. I don't know the ship date. And they'd have to call that customer back. Now, now what they can do is immediately see, okay, yeah, great. I've got your order here. They call in. We know who it is because of their telephone number. We can bring up their project, bring up the manufacturing order. We can see the status of the material. We can see the schedule date that they're ready to do. Certainly, if you're experiencing some of those types of issues that you can't see visibility of when 
things are happening or be able to answer those questions in a single contact or a single phone call with a client, then yeah, it's probably time to start doing that. If you've got a lot of work in progress, if you've got a lot of inventory, a lot of capital tied up in your whip, then again, probably time to pick up the phone. As I like to say to people, it's never too early to do an ERP implementation, but it's always too late. There's the be- best time to do your ERP implementation apart from today was yesterday. And it's never too early to start that journey. And yeah, a lot of this show focuses on the workforce and creating that type of workplace culture. And we know that nobody likes change. Hmm. So when you are implementing a system, how do you approach the change management for organizations now, especially if there may be some resistance from the employees. Yeah, you know, change resistance. I don't know what you're talking about. That's that never happens. <laughs> you never run um, into that, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody buys into it right away. Everyone sees the panacea. Everyone sees the oasis that we're selling. It's never an issue. Yeah, I've, of course, it's always an issue. Certainly, the biggest way that we do that is spending time on site with the not just with the client and not just in the boardroom. In fact, we spend very little time of our time in boardrooms. We spend a lot of our time on the shop floor, really understanding how things work today, but also explaining and showing and demonstrating what it's going to look like tomorrow. And I know I don't know what you're like, Lisa, but I know what I'm like. If someone came into my workplace and started moving things around on my desk, put the mouse on the other side, put the webcam underneath the monitor instead of on top of it, I'm going to be pretty pissed at that. And I'm going to want people to explain to me what the hell the benefit of that is. I want the opportunity to have input. Very famous saying, I can't remember who said it now, but I use it a lot, which is, if you're going to change me, involve me. Okay, And so we're very big on being on the shop floor and showing people what's going on and really getting them to be part of that process as early as possible. This is change is not something you can do to someone. Otherwise, it's a very negative experience. And so spending a lot of time on site, helping our clients as well with their change management process. So creating that awareness, creating the desire from people in the shop floor to say, oh, that's way better than these pieces of paper. It's way better than me going to this white board every five minutes to update the quantities or whatever it might be. So really creating that sense of awareness and desire, giving them some really good training, not training in the conference room, because guess what? Nothing's made in a conference room, but doing training on the shop floor, creating a training environment that's inviting for shop floor operators to come and press buttons, okay? Not be afraid of pressing the buttons, okay? That can be a very big hurdle for people when they see buttons that say, okay, cancel, delete, right? Oh my God, well, I'm going to delete the whole system, right? So getting people used to pressing buttons in a very safe environment and then helping them to understand you're part of a bigger a bigger picture here. There's a lot going left and right of what you're doing. And, and being on the shop floor during the go live and the training and the support is incredibly important to be part of that team. We're very good at what we do. We spend a lot of time engaging with the operators on the shop floor. You'll regularly see us there in our blue shirts there on the shop floor with answering questions and helping operators and getting to know them individually as well in a lot of cases. Everyone's change management. Everyone does this at an individual pace and you really got to engage with individuals when you do this sort of thing. This is not something you can do on mass. There's a lots of tools and tricks that we have up our sleeve to make that happen. But it's it's quite a journey. But again, it's a very individualized journey. So do you have an example of a client that you worked with like a before and after where the employees were really 
fighting it or they were just a mess. And because of that process that you just shared, what the benefits was, what the turnaround turned out to be to benefit that customer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I've got a really good example. We have a client down in Georgia. They are manufacturing. They actually manufacture, they're a print company. So they're manufacturing a lot of letters, postcards, various other things on demand for some big nationwide entities. So we spent a lot of time on their shop floor. Now, before they had the ERP, they did have another system on the shop floor, but that system really wasn't available to the operators. They weren't really using it for real-time updates on production. They were had a lot of wadge of paper that would follow the order all the way through through the shop floor to make sure everything was accurate now what we did is again we spent a lot of time on that shop floor with the operator really understanding what they do today how they do it today and then showing them for example on an ipad we put technology on the floor we put some ipads on the floor that are not, that they're now using to run their manufacturing operations what was interesting is showing them how easy it was to use and i'll tell you this is a big revelation for me this First time on the shop floor with that client was about a year and a half ago when we first did that. And that was a actually a big epiphany for me, actually, because it was fresh out of COVID. We hadn't been on site with clients for quite some time. And it was really interesting that when we were on the shop floor, we gave them an iPad with a keyboard attached, thinking, okay, they're going to use that and do this. The first thing they did was they touched the screen. And that was a big revelation for me that things have moved, right? People have shifted now to, they're expected to touch screens. They're not expecting keyboards and mouse on the shop floor anymore, right? The old ERP systems, our manufacturing shop floor systems were really complicated and looked really cumbersome. These days, if you're ERP, so this is another good, you asked a question earlier about how do you know when it's time to look at an ERP or look for a new system? If you've got keyboards and mouse on your shop floor, you probably should be replacing it, okay? There's no place for a keyboard and a mouse on the shop floor, okay? And if you find yourself having to do that, then you've got the wrong system, okay? Things have moved on over the last five years. And if that's what your operators are having to use, then it, it is not going to be intuitive, especially for this new new generation of workers coming in who are very used to touch screens, et cetera. This is a big learning for me, I have to say, right? Is that, wow, this world really has moved. So anyway, we're part of that client, spent a lot of time on the shop floor, really getting them used to the workspace. Also giving them some choice around, okay, where should we put this touch screen? Should it be on the left? Should it be on the right? Should it be underneath? Should it be on top of here? And giving them some choice around their workspace as to, oh, that's actually the most convenient to put it is up here. Oh, great. Fantastic. Let's put it here. So giving them this kind of sense of involvement as well as part of that process. We're not just going to stick it there when it's at a weird angle that they, they can't reach or use easily. So certainly doing small things like that really make a big difference when you're doing this type of implementation. Okay. Yeah. And I think too, with COVID the last couple of years, we've just, we've had no choice but to mm. adapt to technology and technology itself has changed to become so much, so much user-friendly so much more yeah. user friendly. So I believe that the shop owners that think that they're they have an older workforce, these guys are never going to buy into this. They're not going to do it. It's now they are, and like you said, it's an expectation. I do the yeah. same thing. I immediately want to touch the computer, and it's like when people tell me, "Oh, you have to use the mouse," I'm like, "What?" <laughs> 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We call it the Fisher Price kind of screen, right? If it doesn't look like Fisher Price, if it doesn't look like something you get on a kid's toy, then people aren't going to like it, right? Because they just want, they want big buttons. They don't want to be difficult to right click on something to make it go to the next stage or what sort of crazy nonsense is that, right? That's not how the world is these days, right? These things need to be very intuitive, need to be big buttons, right? You don't have, you shouldn't have to be doing things like right clicking these days to do things, certainly not on the manufacturing floor. That's bonkers. Right. So when we're looking at things like IoT and ERP systems, is there Mm -hmm. something else that manufacturers should be thinking about? Yeah, IoT is such a big subject in this space. And I know it's been a hot subject for a number of years, maybe it's cooled down slightly recently. But certainly I would say if you've not got some sort of IoT going on, even if it's things like capturing pictures or capturing a measurement or even simple things like capturing a scan or even printing a label, for example, at the end of our serial numbers, whatever those things are, if those things are not connected to your ERP today, then you're absolutely missing out on a ton of efficiency. You're also introducing a lot of risk, okay, that things get mislabeled or misplaced or how many times have we seen that? So, you know, or it's an offline system when someone's going to walk over there now and print the label or go get this measurement device with a caliper or whatever it might be. If you've not got these things into your ERP, then you're really not forcing those quality checks and using IoT to help you with that. Then you're definitely missing out on a lot of functionality. There's a lot of IoT out there now that's available to manufacturers, whether it's simple counters, whether it's capturing images. Of course, there's the imaging as well for barcodes and matching and all that great stuff. If you're not taking advantage of all that, there's some really great ways to get started. One of the best ways I've found to get started on IoT is simple, take a picture, right? That's simple at the end of the manufacturing process, take a picture of the final product or take a picture of it without the cover on it so you can see the insides or whatever it might be. Those things are invaluable when you're then checking on quality after the fact or you're doing some sort of support or warranty or something else. And that's a really simple way of getting started on IoT for a lot of people. Okay. And so I know we know that AI is such a hot thing going on right now. So how do you see that as far as the, does it play any role or how do you see that in the future of ERP and how it's evolving? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. The AI part of that, I would say what we are seeing a lot more of, maybe not necessarily termed as AI, but certainly we're seeing a lot of kind of the AR, so that augmented reality being putting instructions in front of the operator, showing diagrams, showing specifications, whatever they may be, blueprints actually on top of the reality that the operator is seeing that's getting really hot right now and i'm really that the technology of that is becoming much more accessible than it has been before the old days of having the touch screen up there right and again i'm saying old days even already right the touch screen with the work order and with the instructions on it right now being able to overlay that on top of the product you can show the knack points you can show oh this goes here this goes there different colors etc that ar i think is I would say most misunderstood, but I would say it's probably one of the biggest, I would say it's probably one of the biggest transformational things within manufacturing that we're seeing right now. So as we're getting to the end of our time together, is there anything that we didn't talk about yet that you feel is important for people to know about ERP? Yeah, so I'd say a couple of things. One is what I said earlier is that It's never too early, but it's always too late. And really, just expanding that just a little bit, right, is that ERP systems have become a lot more accessible than they ever used to be. Now, they, you know, 
12, 18 month project, millions of dollars, big five consulting firm coming on board, the SAPs, the oracles of the world. Yeah, they're still out there. And of course, they're still out there and they're still relevant. Some, if you're BP or uh, some, or Texaco or someone, then great. Yeah, that's where you're going to go. But the reality is a lot of the benefits have now really trickled down into other ERP systems, which are absolutely available for companies of any size, whether you're a two, five, 10 man shop, doesn't matter, right? These things are accessible to you today. You might not think they are, but they really are. And you could really benefit from the learnings over the last 40 years from those big companies. You can now get take advantage of that. As I say, it's never too early, but it's always too late because I tell people ERP implementation is a little bit like going to the dentist. Okay. Uh, it's It's always painful regardless of what they say you need to do it okay but you're always going to feel better after you've done it and erp implementation is exactly the same i never tell my clients that it's going to be easy i never tell them it's going to be painless because it always is painful okay what we do is we try and make it as painless as possible but you've got to walk into this thing with your eyes open okay and choose the right system choose the right partner to work with as well don't try and do it yourself how if people did want to continue the conversation with you First of all, share with us a little bit about how you ideally work with your clients and then what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Yeah, so certainly the best way to get a hold of us is either through our website, which is silverdaletech.com. They can also get us through all the usual socials. Our handle is at Silverdale Tech. So you can reach out to us any either of those ways. People who are good clients for us, okay, we don't say yes to every project that comes our way, but a good fit for us is a client who's willing to come in and listen and willing to implement what we're advising. We work with every client like we're going to be with them for the next 20 years. And that means that sometimes we do push back, we try and be a good partner, and we will try and push standard systems where possible. Get Don't go down the customization route, which is a disaster when you start going down that route on an ERP. So we try and be a very good partner, knowing we're going to be with you for the next 20 years. So not every everybody's ready to do that. Okay. Some people think they've got much better ways of doing things. We've got 30 plus years of experience of doing this. And so we've done this a number of times. This is not our first rodeo. We've seen this movie before. So if someone's willing to listen and willing to learn and willing to adapt and adopt some of the standard business processes that we have, then we're absolutely willing to listen and, and engage with you. Our ways of working aren't the same as every other ERP partner, I'm pleased to say. We call ourselves the antidote to ERP implementations. At about Experience before, then by all means, give us a call. Again, not every dentist is the same. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Great. Thank you, Lisa. It's been fun. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Manufacturers Network Podcast. Do me a favor and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow this network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either send your buddies to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the Manufacturers Network podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow the network, the stronger and deeper the community will all have. Thanks again, and I appreciate you.